0: Tuesday, and welcome to a conversation with a reluctant therapist. I'm Elizabeth Barrett, and this week we're doing things a little differently. I have a holiday offering for you, and it's musical, but they are not holiday songs. Actually, it's a musical adventure backstage at Live Oak Music Festival from last June. I've been kind of hanging on to these conversations, waiting for just the right time to share them. and I thought this is perfect. Halfway there before our next or until our next Live Oak. And it's a good time to be thinking about musical gifts for those you love. And so I thought I'd share a little bit of music from two of the artists that I really enjoyed uh, this year. And so today we're going to listen to those conversations. We won't be taking calls, but as always, you can be a part of the conversation by sending me an email after the show to elizabeth at Therapist.com. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, The Reluctant Therapist. You can leave messages there, see photos of the band. Uh, You can also podcast our show by visiting wherever it is you get your podcasts and search for a conversation with a reluctant therapist. Hit subscribe and then we'll be there for you to listen at your convenience. And then you can also go to the KCBX website and look for all of our shows that are there waiting for you to listen whenever you have the time or to share with friends. So we're going to kick off the hour uh, with my conversation with The Riverside. The Riverside is led by Jake Jeanson. Jake is a singer-songwriter. He went to Westmont College where he met up with a group of friends, and he also met and fell in love with his now wife, Lorraine, who took up the mandolin and learned to sing harmonies and also joined the band. And so since 2012, they have been kind of combining their musical talents and their interests, along with a rotating lineup of different musical friends that join the band and travel with them and play with them. And they've been sharing what's been described as a unique blend of traditional, melodic, and harmony-driven folk music all around the country. And so I had the opportunity to sit backstage with a few of the people in the current lineup, Jake who is the founder, and James Page, who plays a stand-up bass and also helps with vocals, and Trey Lindsley, who plays the banjo and also helps with vocals, and they've been buddies for a long time, and I always love those conversations when you get friends together (laughs) because they know each other's stories, and they fill in a lot of gaps that they wouldn't otherwise share. I also love their songs, and I love that they tell beautiful stories that create this musical landscape that really draws you in and kind of holds you as the lyrics transport you to another time and place. They lean on mythology and different uh, places they've traveled and um, stories that kind of lead into epic journeys, I I, I think you'll really enjoy them. So I'm going to mix in some of their music along with our conversation, and hopefully your interest will be sparked, and you'll look for some music by the Riverside to put in somebody's stocking. All right, so we're going to kick it off uh, with the Riverside and uh, one of the songs off their new album called Sporos. Uh, So we'll start there, and then we'll jump into the conversation. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX. How did you discover that you were musical?
1: Hmm.
2: I like to start with the easy question. Yeah, my first inspiration was actually watching this movie called Spice World with the Spice Girls. With the Spice Girls? Okay. And for some reason as a kid I I just latched on to that movie and I just loved, like, I just felt, uh, that's kind of weird, but I just kind of really liked music after that. I don't know, it was great.
0: Was Was there a particular song or was it just the whole energy of the group?
2: I think it was watching, kind of like what a what a band is, okay. and kind of having that idea of like, oh, you're with your friends and you get to do like fun things and play music. I think just the basic, just very very basic level.
0: You like Ma- the vibe. It also
2: might have been because the Spice Girls rock. Oh,
3: yeah. There
0: and, is, you not. Know,
2: and they're really pretty. There and, there I was, and I was and I was a well. little boy, so.
0: <laughs> and so, how, how old are you, Jake?
2: I'm 31.
0: Okay. So that puts you spice centric (laughs) -centric. yes
4: yes i'm in yes (laughs) 1991.
0: thank you Mm -hmm. james how how did you discover that you were musical
4: um well i kind of grew up with my mom being a music teacher um so she was always teaching people piano um i started messing around on piano probably about four four or five um got into drums a little bit later on but um bass bass probably after that the uh I didn't start like I didn't realize that I wanted to be in a band until about middle school and high school. Um, and, and why? Um, I just liked the dynamic of just being able to bounce off of different people, and it's not just like a one-man show kind of mm-hmm. thing, um, you know.
0: So you like so? The community feel, I liked kind the, of like the community yeah. for sure. Okay, this is the big question: to talk. Yeah. How did you figure out that you were musical? Um, and for, you grew yeah. up where?
3: Arlington, Virginia, right next to Washington D.C. Okay. That's a hotbed of music, I would think. Um, it is. It's a hotbed of at least <laughs> politics. <Yes. laughs> they talk about things. Um, so I think the way I got into it, I think... I think music was just around when I was younger. And I don't, I don't think I consider myself a musician until about high school. Okay. Because I, I was in music, I was like, church choirs, um, learning the guitar starting about 13. Um, but did I, you
0: did your parents push that or did you have a, just a natural interest? My
3: parents pushed it a bit. I took two years of piano lessons when I turned like 11 mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. <laughs> but then I picked up a guitar at around 12, 13 and then just didn't stop playing. Just three hours a night. It was kind of it, as you were talking about, it was a little bit of my mental and emotional expression mm-hmm. and I didn't really know how to word it other than just playing the guitar and sometimes writing some really cheesy lyrics but also i I was into sports a lot as a kid so kind of my identity in myself didn't shift until late high school of like i'm probably not going to be like a professional athlete but i might be a professional musician so it's kind of and do you remember the first song you wrote oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) um first song i ever wrote me and my brother created a band called Bridge, and we called it. The song is called Bridge. <laughs> <Yep>. That's <laughs> creative work, right there. Yeah. <laughs> How long
0: did the band hang out? How long did um, you last?
3: We lasted through high school.
0: Oh really? Yeah. And so did you? Then are you any of you college people?
3: Not me. Or, Right in yeah. college right now, or no?
0: Went to college. Me and, and Jake
3: you're... went to college together. So
0: that—that's my next question. How did you find each other then? And
3: here we that's, are. <laughs> yeah, that's where the
2: band started. We went. Me and Trey went to Westmont College in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Yeah. I know
0: it well. I went to UCSB.
2: There we go. Yeah. So we wanted to win the downtown Santa Barbara citywide band competition, yes. um, Battle of the Bands. Yes. And uh, I walked around campus trying to find like everyone who I I didn't really know. I wanted to make a folk band, you know. Okay. So I was looking for like fiddle players, the banjo, whatever I could find in that kind of niche. Mm-hmm. And uh, were
0: you a music major at Westmont?
2: No, I was a, I was a big runner, so I was I was studying like the body, like kinesiology. Mm-hmm. We were actually um, both kinesiology majors. Oh you were? Okay. yeah, okay. That's
3: actually <laughs> okay. pretty funny. <laughs> we met on the cross country we were, we were. track retreat, so that's where we met first. Yeah. So it wasn't
0: even music centric.
3: No. Initially, no. no. So
0: how did you know that Trey played?
2: Um, He was in another band called the Pedestrians in college, and I really liked his style and um, He often played with this this gal named Taylor um, Taylor Freeman and I saw them doing like a little concert in the art gallery and I was like Those are my people I need to ask them if they want to like join the competition and like join the band because I think We'll do well if I have them
3: on the team and luckily, my band was on a, a short hiatus because of people going abroad for studies and stuff. So he kind of tracked us down, he actually tracked me down on the track. Yeah. I remember after practice and he was like, do you want to play for my band and win the Battle of the Bands? I <laughs> yeah. like that, that
0: it was to win the Battle of the yes, Bands, yes. We, it wasn't just let's like play. We had a we, goal. Yeah. We, wanted, we wanted to win. A little competition. Yeah.
2: Um, because if you won, you, you won like 10 hours of recording at Santa Barbara oh. Sound Design, mm-hmm. Um, a guy named Dom is the engineer there. He's amazing, really professional guy. Um, <clears throat> so, we ended up joining the competition, and there was three rounds. The first round was an online vote, and you had to be in like the top six bands, I think, in the county, like with the most votes in order to make it to the prelims. So Trey and I, we went to the Westmont College library and voted for ourselves on every computer <laughs> we could find.
3: And then Jake, without telling us, went down to the Apple store and voted on all those devices. That is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he also, I think, knocked on doors. I did. Yeah, all we on campus. Th- I was I was very driven back then. Um, I think they I, won round one by like 600 votes or something. Whoa.
2: Yeah. Anyways. Um, what we, year is this? 2012.
0: Oh, oh so ten okay. Ten year. All right.
2: This is our ten year anniversary. Ten year
0: anniversary.
2: And then we ended up playing in the competition and we rallied a lot of support and we beat out two metal bands with our... Fol- folk band, yeah, that's
0: was, pretty darn good. It was fun. So, did you win the whole thing? We won, we did. okay. You gotta say that part. We won,
3: we won the competition. And yes. that album we recorded is still on Spotify, yeah. self titled. It's it just called? called The Riverside, it's a self titled album.
0: And where did that name come from? Because so we got the bridge, pedestrians, the Riverside,
2: yeah, names. Um, I was born but they're in... very simple,
0: yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's like you didn't pull them off of.
5: So, yeah. I'm yeah. I, 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 I was looking
2: for something that felt very homey Mm -hmm. Um, I'm from Riverside California I was born and raised in the orange groves over there um, and I love my hometown Um, but I also uh, really love like folk music how it just kind of embodies like nature and just uh, you can really talk about anything it's kind of like free and I like being on the side of a river Um, one of my favorite I mean, it's just so nice. If you've ever been just hanging out at a river, you can just jump in. We just did it the other day in Chico.
0: Which is one fun. of the funnest places in the state of California. Did you go to the actual Bidwell Park? Yeah, we did. We did. How fun is that?
3: We went, we like swam up the river, jumped off some rocks. No, we went to Bear Hole. Or Bear Hole. Oh. But it was, up, oh. it was upper Bidwell Park. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It was amazing.
0: So did you go where they have it cemented in, though?
3: Oh yeah, the, the Sycamore Pool yeah. is the lower Bidwell Park. Oh, so you went to the upper. We went to upper where I don't even know. Like there's a big natural lava rock. Oh, I didn't everywhere. even know about that part. Oh, it's, it's crazy. crazy.
0: All right, so that so it's literally the riverside is the love of your hometown and the love of the natural world and being near water. Yeah. Okay. And
2: there's not really a nice river in riverside, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but that's okay. Canal, right? I
5: think I have seen the
0: big canal that kinda of runs through.
2: Yeah, it's it's okay. It's 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 a name that I like and it's grown so.
0: so how did they find you then, James?
4: Um so I was I was seeing a band um with my previous band. Uh we had a band called Twenty Six East, um based out of Oregon. Okay. And um
0: Mount Hood is M- where James is from.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um and who and was in that band? I was I'm sorry? Who was in that band? Uh, my parents were both in that band, actually.
2: Nice. Um,
4: my friend Dylan and Liana, they were both in it. Um, my friend Chapin, he's up in Alaska now. But uh, but we were actually going to see a band called Marty O'Reilly and the Old Soul Orchestra um, at a place called Mississippi Studios in Portland, Oregon. And the Riverside was opening for him, and I'm like, oh, this is a really cool band. And so the next, the following year, we invited him up to do a house concert in our backyard and kind of got got to meet the band through through that. Um And it just kind of kind of happened pretty naturally they were looking for a bass player at the time and we happened to be on a facetime call and it's like hey you want to join the band so (laughs) So, when was that uh that was about three years ago
0: oh so you're fairly new to the uh yeah to the scene exactly yeah you sound like a bass player
4: (laughs) he he speaks like a bass
0: player i know so so how has this come together because 10 years is a long time for a band to live in a van and travel together and so how has this progression been? Because you seem like you've always had a goal or...
3: or... Yeah. So
2: I think the first three years of being a band didn't know what the heck that meant.
3: Okay. Um, and it was pretty much a college band at the time. So yeah. weren't doing like national tours. It was kind of just like, hey, you want to play this show? You want to play this show? Let's drive down to L.A. Yeah. yeah. Go up north. It's so kinda... were you doing all kind of your own management and...
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, we... In our band, we do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we, re- we record our own albums. Oh. And, I do the art for the albums which was um, really cool we uh, manage ourselves we book ourselves um, for the most part we, we have a booking agent that um, I'm pretty sure got us this gig I'm pretty sure pretty sure yeah, yeah. so um, yeah we just have done a lot of things for by ourselves and um, where was I going with this
0: well I just was wondering kind of what was the vision because you started as college, a college band yeah But at what point did it become, oh, here's, this is going to be our future or our career, 10 years of our life?
2: I was, I was writing songs in a lot of songs and, um, kind of struggling to keep people in the band because it wasn't, I didn't really know how to make it like a serious thing. Um, like a serious thing, meaning like being able to pay people to make, you know what I mean? Because if it needed to be a business and music, exactly. And I was, I was working, we were a lot of people in the band were like working some odd jobs and then we decided to uh, it was like 2016 or 2016 and I was like I just got to do th- I feel like I have to do this I'm, I really feel like I need to buy a, a tour van and we just got to book as many shows as possible no matter where they are and just just do it and I just felt like that was my, my wife did not think that was a good idea so
0: you were married by then.
2: yes my wife my wife joined the band about 2015 after we got married we were married for a couple years, and she decided to teach herself how to play mandolin and sing harmonies. Wow. So then we went on our first tour um, with our friends Sarah and, and Will and uh, Matt Simon. <laughs> it was the crew. And, uh, yeah, we just played We played in the streets a lot, actually. We, we busked in the streets, and then we played our shows at venues, and no one was there ever. It was a really, really rough start. I mean, it was really hard. It was
0: not Spice World. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
2: It was, it was spicy world. Spicy (laughs) world. Spicy (laughs) foods. spicy. (laughs) Yeah. um, So it wasn't easy. And uh, I just kind of, we just kind of kept going, kept, kept, kept playing in the streets, kept um, playing as many things as we can. And slowly but surely, um, now it can be a full-time, like almost a full-time job for about six people. Which is a big band. Yeah, it is.
0: That's a lot of people to support.
2: You know, and... We work really hard. We're doing art for a living, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's tough, but we're our own boss and stuff, so that's fun. Which is nice. Yeah.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is a conversation with a reluctant therapist. I'm Elizabeth Barrett, and my musical offering this week is from backstage at Live Oak Music Festival, where I, was ta- I am talking to The Riverside, uh, leader Jake Jeanson, and James Page, and Trey Linsley. And we're talking about their musical influences and songs that they wrote and how they fell in love and how their lives have changed since they started in 2012. We're going to listen to a little bit more of the Riverside, their music, and then jump back into our conversation. You're listening to Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX. The night is coming now, have you heard? And through the town, they're
1: spreading the word. So sleep by the river and move along until I see you again. Stay you warm, sleep by the river. Stay you warm till I see you again. Stay you warm, build up a fire until I see you again. Say warm till I see you again. Say warm, build
2: up a fire until I see you
0: again. What was the first song you wrote?
2: The first song I wrote? Oh boy. In for the band?
0: No, just for you, because I'm always curious like
2: that <laughs>
3: oh, goodness.
0: That first embarrassing lyric, because I, I so remember I'll, mine. I'll,
3: I'll preface this. All right. He had a very Jack Johnsony stage before the Riverside started, and he had a project called Jake Jeanson. So now you can continue. With
0: <laughs> Excuse me, Jake Jeanson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
3: That was that was before
2: I started the Riverside. I was doing kind of like Jack Johnsony. Oh no, I get like yes. kind of like love love song. Writing um,
0: about eating at the D.L.G. at U.C.S.B. Yeah, and love
2: exactly that that kind of thing.
0: Um,
2: yeah, I'd rather not say any of those lyrics, but
0: uh. <laughs> I just am curious if you remember when when that first one. Yeah,
2: was. I started writing songs like right when I got to college, okay. so it was about 2000 and not 2009.
0: Any Taylor Swift heart sick songs?
2: I uh, yeah, there was a bunch of bunch of those kind of things. Yep. The reason why I wanted to start writing songs is I learned a, a Jack Johnson song called Banana Pancakes, and uh, I played it at a uh, a running camp for like um, a cabin, like cabin-to-cabin competition,
0: like Talent Night. Okay. And, and ended up winning the Talent Night with that. And You do realize there's this theme to your life. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's about competition. I, I was. I was a runner for <laughs> like a long... Like if I'm going to win something... Yeah, yeah. That's okay. how I got.
2: That's how I got to college. I was a, I was pretty quick. I was a cross country and track runner, and that's how that's how I got to go to college on scholarship. So, wow. I think I was so definitely. So you are motivated,
0: yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting because when you decided, no, I want to win at touring and playing gigs, then you, really started taking off.
2: I just have the idea that, if you work hard and long and look, work really hard and long at it, then you can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just kind of have that mentality of, not giving up. And I think I learned that from running.
0: And you have to move through the pain because running is just pain, from my yes. perspective. Yes. So, actually, yes. what keeps you going, James? What are your motivation? Because you're three years into this.
4: Um, I just like being a part of music in some way. Um. I definitely want to do it like as a full time thing, and just kind of put my all into it. Um. Let's see.
0: Do you write um, music as well?
4: I'm. I'm trying to. It's, it doesn't come very naturally to me, but I'm trying to trying to get into that a little bit. Um, also, like seeing the country, seeing seeing different places. Um, it's a it's a really neat opportunity to be able to travel, and and be able to see see cool places. I Absolutely, think.
2: We're, we're trying to get him to write songs. Yeah,
4: they've, they've they keep encouraging he, me to. He write. He knows
2: just about every song on the guitar and bass. Like
3: he, he he's a cover machine. Like he knows so much. See, so you must he, love
0: to play name that tune on on the van trips between yeah.
3: between yeah. me and James we can cover cover and, a lot of bases. and Trey yeah. probably
2: has wrote more songs than anyone I've ever known so really? He's, he's a so writer. you're they're being not, a little humble
3: they're not but, all good <laughs> but, but I've written them <laughs> so what so what is
0: your inspiration because I get the sense like Jake is a motivated driven human and likes <laughs> the challenges what what keeps you going because it's not an easy life
3: it's not yeah I think what keeps me going in kind of the music life is It's kind of, it feels like what I am meant to do right now. Like I could see myself working in some other ways, but I think music just always came back. Like I tried to like go kinesiology for college Mm -hmm. and I also did a music minor actually, and I was very involved in the music program. So involved that I ended up not running cross country my senior year because I was just like, it's either one or the other. Right, you
2: couldn't do it all. I remember that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and I, I chose music, and I think it was it was the right choice for the moment, though I did enjoy the team camaraderie and the, the workouts. But...
0: So do you work out as a band on the road? Do you like have a morning run routine or something?
4: I think Trey and Chase do. <laughs> Me I gotta, and
3: Chase lead the adventures most of the time. I have a nice dad bod going on right now, <laughs> so... But you're a dad, so it works. Yeah. yeah. It works.
0: Happy Father's Day. Thank you. So what about love for the two of you, because I, you're married and have a 13-month-old, correct? Yep. yep. And Maybe. your wife usually is on tour with you, but not right now.
2: Yeah. She tours with us a little more than half the time. Just, we can keep our family together. She also does all of our video work and stuff, so she's very... It's very... a family business. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So how about for you, Trey and James, What what's love look like?
4: Um. Well, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say, but... Uh, just, you got to say it. <laughs> we're yeah, all um, so close to I am I'm in a, I'm seeing the cello player at the moment, uh, KP, Kristen. You're so, seeing her or so. you're, in love with, you're in love with we, her? Tell the alive. backstory.
3: <laughs> it's a great story.
4: <laughs> I yeah. want the backstory. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, so we were playing a show, I think, kind of near Austin, Texas. Um, she was living in Austin at the time, um, and she had just kind of coincidentally came and was like, oh, our neighbors are hosting a house concert. So she went and saw... Um, saw us our, play. Yeah, um, us three, and we had a couple other people. Lorraine was there. Um, My wife. Yep, and it was it was just kind of interesting how it all happened. She would, like, I just kind of like, I want to go ask that girl's number, and I did, and so really kind of in a creepy way, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't talked to her all night. Yeah, I was like We hadn't uh, talked to her. Can, can we were, number? <laughs>
2: we were pulling we were pulling out of the van like, uh, stop out the of van. the driveway. We we're all packed up. <laughs> we we're about to leave, and then this is the first time he James, said anything. Yeah, like. uh. Yeah,
3: this is not a usual thing for James. James just This goes, Stop is the, the band. only number he I, got on tour. I need you know? to go ask this girl for a number. Like I guess
4: I, I just, just had, had this fe- feeling. I had a feeling.
0: That's good that you acted so, on it. And, and he she, did,
4: and she gave it to me. And like kind of reluctantly. Kind of, kind of reluctantly, she's <laughs> like, "All right, all so, right." So so we traded numbers, and then uh, she ac- she actually ended up meeting with Jake uh, to um, Jake records people on the side um, when we're not touring, and she so came she to record wanted, a song. She wanted to record a song um, in Jake's studio. And so they were doing that. She helped kind of produce um, somebody else's somebody else's project that they were doing there too. And they just kind of meshed really well. And they're like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to join our band?" And so she ended up joining the band with us. And I, I um, is called this James,
0: before you knew you loved her?
4: Yes. This is yes. when
2: James was texting her every now and then. But she, you know, he was just trying to play it cool. But then I called him and I was like, "Hey, James, remember that girl from, from, from Dallas?" kp I'm like yes and i go she's joined the band dude yeah
3: and, was, was, and he was like he was pretty excited
4: uh, yeah yeah it was pretty cool so how <laughs> um, long ago was that um that was she joined last year yeah it's been um, a year so yeah we've been together about a year
0: i like that so so you're in love
4: yes uh, and they just became friends on the first tour and they kind of like fell in love pretty fast I yeah so
0: when they kind of look like brother and sister, I noticed. When they were by <laughs> like, they, don't you notice that they, they both have, wear like, the hats? Yeah, well, they have that similar complexion. And all right, yeah. so it's up to you then, Trey. Bring on yeah. the love story. Sounds good. Oh. I have
3: a girlfriend in Texas, right now, and it's been like I met her probably in February, and it's been going well, and I've I've been gone for about two months now, and. We have handled the distance pretty well, which was a good thing for me to see. So when you so you were
0: born in Arlington, yes, but you you live in Texas when you're off tour,
3: yes, and I play music with my brother okay. in Texas because from
0: formerly from the Bridge.
3: Yeah, so so but now the band is called the <laughs> Lindsley Brothers. Okay, and we make together we make an acoustic funk duo slash we're filling out some band members in the coming days. Sometimes they have a saxophone player and drummer, bassist occasionally. It's funky. And which,
0: are you in Austin then?
3: Um, We're in Waco, Texas.
0: Really? That's an Mm -hmm. interesting place to settle.
3: It's kind of nice in between Dallas and Austin. You don't have to be in the big city life, (laughs) cheaper rent.
0: My husband and I, when he first graduated from Poly, went to work for Halliburton. And so his first stop was Palestine, Texas, which is way east Texas. And for a little mm. California girl who went to UCSB to end up in way East Texas was huge culture shock. <laughs> um, Texas was a culture shock. So last couple questions. Is there a, is there a we've made it goal for you right now? Because you know you can support yourself on the road. So. We have some goals. We have okay. some goals. I want to hear them. All right, My number
2: I think I have like two places that I would like to play in my lifetime okay. where I'd be like, cool. Maybe I could rest a little bit. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, oh, I would love wow. to play at Red Rocks one day. But also, my number one though would be playing at this place called the Caverns in like Tennessee. Don't know. It's like it. underground. It's like an underground show with these like in this in caverns. But wait, and which
0: part of Tennessee?
2: I do, actually do not know. They
3: have a festival in the caverns too. Oh wow, interesting. But that okay, would that I'm would be Liketta. that would be I
2: think the number one dream, uh, to, at least for playing. But you know what? I'm already doing what I love to do. Um, we, we have lots of work and it's growing every year, like, and we're, we're, um, I'm able to pay my bills right now. That's huge. And doing what I love to do and writing songs and making albums and, um, I just feel really lucky and I get to do it with my best friends. And, uh, so as far as that goes, I'll go wherever, wherever God takes it and mm-hmm. says, Hey, you know, if we, if we're a smaller band or we're only playing you know, house concerts, whatever it is, I don't really care because I'm able to provide for my, my little son and my wife. And we're, as long as I think, as long as we're in communication and making it work together, then it doesn't really
3: matter. So you're a happy
0: man. Yeah. You look like a happy man. Thank you. How about you, Trey? What, is there a made it place for you? Hmm.
3: I think I, I made the, so my story is, I was kind of in initially at college in the Riverside. Then I hopped out for a few years just doing some other work still doing some music stuff I was a worship leader at a church worked at a YMCA and then I taught music to some kids in a low income housing center in Santa Barbara and so that was it was a great season just seeing how music can help people
0: on all sorts and of different how levels
3: how I, I would if I would be able to consistently do it and enjoy it and I found that I did but I just had written so many songs in those years that I was like Feel like I just want to try, and so I could think the hop out happened, hop into like full-time attempting music happened to re- like right beginning of COVID, which was not the best time. No. But <laughs> maybe for
0: recording.
3: Yeah, but I think the goal for me right now is just to find good ways I can just make a decent wage, while also maintaining my love for music so not like treating it as business all the time to like keep it as like the love so i don't want to like burn out because it's just i just i just enjoy music so much
0: right you don't want it to become a chore yeah yeah how about for you
4: um as far as places i'd like to play um red rock sounds pretty cool for sure um also there's a um, on the Columbia River uh, there's a cl- called the Columbia River Gorge oh, yeah. Amphitheater. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that would be pretty fun um, and being able to play like festivals like this at this point is it's kind of encouraging me to one day uh, hopefully get there so.
0: So how um, people who are loving your music because clearly they are loving you this morning. The Riverside had a 10 a.m. slot and you had a great crowd and enthusiasm I, afterwards. I was
4: surprised. Lots was, of love. My, my dad was I was FaceTiming my dad for Father's Day and he's like Oh, you guys are doing an early set. You might not have very many people. And then, like, most of the yeah. seats were After full. our first so song, it like, I felt like everyone was coming out from the back of the festival. They could hear like, yeah. 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 That was fun. <laughs> it was pretty funny.
0: Well, But there was a lot of people who came just to see you yeah. and got up at 10 a.m. because they just wanted to see you. That's pretty impressive. That's really, a, that's an honor. Yeah. It really is. So, so what music is coming up for you? What's the latest album? What's, what are people going to be hearing from you?
2: Well... We just released our our latest record called Mythos and Petra, um, an album with like Greek mythology themes, um, just inspirations from ancient texts, um, and kind of bringing those stories and characters into kind of like how I see them, if I was that character, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But actually tonight, Trey and I are recording his banjo playing on a a brand new record. Um, It's going to be called From the Deep Valley. And uh, it's a very Lord of the Rings themed album, oh. um, and that's going to probably be out um, probably probably at New Year's New Year's latest, and it might be out actually this year, which would be the first time we release two albums.
3: In, a few singles at least. Yes. yes yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And is it under the Riverside, or is this a solo project for you? The no, Riverside. That's... Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then
2: James is recording bass after Trey flies home in a couple of days, and mm-hmm. we got James and KP bass and cello, and then our new record's basically done. Just got to mix it and master it.
0: And what's on bass for you these days?
2: Uh, I live right on the border of Ventura and Carpinteria, in a little place called Lock and Cheetah.
0: Yes. Yeah. And how about you? What's home base?
4: Uh, Welch's, Oregon. So a little town on the west on the west foot of Mount Hood. But you might be moving. But there is a possibility that I might be moving down to uh, Southern California at some point soon. So we'll see.
0: That's fantastic. Um, that, and so for your fans, any messages you'd like to send out there?
4: Sure.
3: Um, thanks for for listening if and we we enjoy hearing hearing feedback and also just hearing kind of your stories with music i think that's been one really cool thing on tour just we show up at a show we don't know if our music has touched somebody and then they're like this song oregon virginia like saved our marriage and we're like wow is that a true story that is is a true true
5: story
4: yeah
5: wow yeah there's
4: There's some uh yeah Good. I remember there's just there's this couple of, we played in uh, Walla Walla a couple of years, and their their actual story because like one of the lyrics in in uh, our song Oregon Virginia says like um, if you were Oregon and I was Virginia let's meet in the creeks of Colorado, and which is quite literally their story. He's from Virginia, she's from Oregon, and they met in Colorado. No way. And it it was just like this is our song, and like yeah, just like who would have known. <laughs>
2: that does mean a lot when um, I get. Since I handle the Instagram and Facebook stuff, because mm-hmm. I'm also the mar- marketing guy. Yes. You know? um, people will message us every now and then, and and just say like, "Hey, I, I listened to your, your this record or this record, and um, it really just like made me like have like hope that I haven't felt in a while, or just like just." And that's that's kind of it's why we do it. That's the reason why we do it. You know, we we're all lovers of Jesus in our band, and mm-hmm. we we really just want to love people well with our music, and and. Uh, so anything yeah. like that—that's that's really the big reason why we yeah. why we do it because we wanna we wanna love God and love others,
5: mm-hmm. and
2: love live our neighbor as ourselves. So if yes. we can do that with music, then
0: well, it's interesting because it's a lot like talk therapy, but you're offering the words of comfort to people that becomes therapeutic. Mm-hmm. So there's a real, I yeah. would imagine, therapeutic aspect to yeah. the music.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I go through times too, and where I just I have these, like, feelings inside, and I just have to, like, be alone, like, with my guitar in wherever and just, like, get out whatever is, like, in there, you know, and a lot of those
3: turn into songs. And you mentioned that as
0: well, Trey, that music became kind of therapeutic for you at important times.
3: Yeah, I think it, it, at one point, was pretty much the only way, and I think more recently I've learned how to speak out my emotions, which has also been helpful, but... I mean, music isn't going anywhere in my life. It's still going to be kind of the way I journal. I don't like to <laughs> write down my thoughts, but if I, at the end of the day I'm just, like, sitting down, think of some lyrics, journal them out, use them later, or not.
2: <laughs> You'll be proud of us. We do little therapy sessions after our shows. We call it the post-show debrief.
3: Yes, I was
0: going to ask if you do that. Yeah,
2: and we just kind of, like... It, you can do anything from say like encouraging stuff to being like, or oh, this this thing frustrated me about this. I mean, like you know, just talking to someone directly, just trying to have clear communication in our band. And our goal is to like um, love each other through all like the ways that we can possibly get annoyed or whatever, and just talk. These guys, my bandmates, they really push me to the next level with with like watching my tone, or just like being like Jake. We didn't, we didn't like when you did this. Like, I think you need to communicate better in this way. And I'm just like, you're right, I'm sorry. And we just kind of have forgiveness for each other and grace, and that's just, that's everything to me, really.
0: That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So you've, you intentionally keep the community of the band, because that's how we started the conversation, is all of you are joined in this wanting to have yeah. people you could hang with. Mm-hmm. And then you've intentionally set a space where it continues to be safe
2: there's yeah, right. there's times where like when James joined the band and KP like when we first like started having our kind of first practices with this like new crew that we've had for the last like three or four years um it's like I'd practice and I we was just outside and just like I would just like tear up in the practice because it's just like, so beautiful you know and it's just like having everyone play their their stuff and everyone's just like doing it together I think it's just there's so much beauty in it and yeah, I honestly do not. I don't, I wouldn't want to just be a guy with a guitar. Like, I can't do it. Like I need my friends and I need the, the other instrumentation Or it's just kind
0: of like it loses the thing for me. Wow. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Riverside and our conversation backstage at Live Oak Music Festival uh, from last June. I'm, I'm getting in the holiday spirit and thinking about what are great gifts. And I think music is always a win. And so you've been hearing from the Riverside. We're going to play a little bit more from the Riverside before we take a little break. And then we'll come back and have a conversation with Ray Zaragoza, who also played at Live Oak this last year. Thank you to Jake and to James and to Trey for spending some time with me backstage. And also uh, the story about Oregon, Virginia, and the love story that it inspired. So we're going to hear a little bit of that as we leave this conversation. You're listening to Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX.
2: If you were Oregon and I was Virginia, let's meet in the creeks of Colorado.
5: You bring the shovel and I'll bring the chisel. Sonia!
0: And now shifting to our next conversation backstage at Live Oak Music Festival, this time with singer-songwriter Ray Zargosa. Ray has grown up quickly as a face of political activism. It started with a song that she wrote about standing rock that gained a lot of traction and a lot of attention in 2016. But along in her journey of writing protest songs have been a lot of self-discoveries and shifts in direction and finding herself actually in a new way post-pandemic. So let's hear from Reza Argosa. You're listening to Central Coast Public Radio. KCBX will start off a little bit of her uh, song, American Dream.
1: I've been thinking about the new Daddy leaves it on all day through I've been thinking about the wars And to be honest, I can't take it anymore I hear you every day The awful words you say But hate can't be the face of the
6: American dream I was born and raised in New York City. Um, I I currently live in Los Angeles and I kind of had a uh, interesting upbringing. I grew up in a studio apartment with five people. My dad was on Broadway when I was a kid. Um, As a performer? As a performer, yep, as an actor. And um, I just grew up around a lot of uh, theater and music and art. And to me, you know, the ultimate thing you could do in your life is to be a performer. So from a young age, I always thought I wanted to be on stage, and that was what I was going to do, and um, so I, I grew up doing a lot of musical theater, and <laughs> acting, and theater, and singing, and all of it, um, but I really didn't find my creative voice until I started writing songs when, when I was when a was, teenager, okay. so probably around like 16, 17. I and what inspired started writing songs. the songwriting? What inspired the songwriting? Well... I started playing guitar when I was 12 uh, because I wanted to impress a boy in my class who played guitar. Yes. So I thought that if I played guitar, we'd have something in common, And um, but at that point I only had played like Avril Lavigne and Vanessa Carlton, you know, cover songs, and I thought that that was cool. <laughs> um, but I always wrote poetry, so that's probably where it started for me as a songwriter, was just loving. I was a real journaler as a kid, I still am, and loved writing poetry. And um, I started a poetry blog. I had like one follower when I was like 16. And my friends who, like my my friend who followed me, she was like, oh, these poems sound like songs. And I was like, oh, that's something to consider. And then I just started, I already played guitar a little bit, so I just kind of put it all together and kind of like was mad at myself for not having put all those things together earlier. I'm like, wow, I play guitar. Mm -hmm. I'm a singer. I love writing, so why not write songs? And um, once I kind of pieced it all together, it just kind of hit me that this was like what I was born to do and I love it so much. it's like breathing to me and it's um, yeah, without it, I don't feel like myself. And right after high school, didn't go to college, I just knew I wanted to be an artist, but didn't really know in what way (laughs) i thought maybe i'd be an actor or something but i i really hated acting i always did and then um i started writing songs um i was waiting tables at 18 years old and writing songs just because i was bored Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do with myself and my friends uh who i worked at that restaurant with they started telling people uh in the neighborhood that i was a singer songwriter and i'm like no i'm not and then I started getting booked to play at like the little cafes and farmer's markets in the neighborhood. And then that's kind of when I started to feel like it was who I was. And it just slowly kind of just became me, you know, it, it was like kind of a hobby thing. And then it just became everything. Yeah. And I moved and when, back to New York. How long was that? So that was, um, you know, the, I, the two years after high school. So from like age 18 to 20. I was living in North Hollywood, California and working at a restaurant, playing at the cafes in this one little area in North Hollywood and playing at the farmers markets. And then when I was 20, I moved back to New York. Uh, I thought that, you know, maybe New York is the place I get my start as a musician. And then I was in New York for three years and those were really like the defining years of my uh, really learning who I was as an artist. Um, you know, I, I worked at music venues as a bartender, waitress, uh, at the Bitter End, the knitting factory uh, in New York. And on the days I wasn't working, I was playing open mics every single night. So I was playing and writing. I would write all day, play a new song all, at night. Um, and then at a lot of the bars I worked at, if someone didn't show up to play their set or if there was a snowstorm or whatever, I would play. And <laughs> pop out from behind the yeah. bar, play a few songs. Exactly. And, um, it was really great. It was like, uh, really those three years for me were my college. It was boot camp. Absolutely. I was performing. I was taking singing lessons. I was taking guitar lessons. I was um, really investing myself in myself, you know, making decent money as a bartender, waitress and putting all of that back into paying musicians to be in my band or paying for guitar lessons, paying for voice lessons and just, just be, like being a real kid in New York City and mm-hmm. totally you know just living paycheck to paycheck reinvesting in myself and my career and uh it was a mess but it was a, it was beautiful you know it was a beautiful mess and you're mess. young so nothing bugs yeah, you yeah exactly I'm like I'm so glad I did that when I was yeah when I, at the time when I was 20 I, I thought like oh this is my last chance I gotta try I'm getting old and I'm like oh I was so young exactly and I'm so glad I did that when I was you know just like oh god the things that we dealt with I mean like New York City living with so many roommates as I said you probably didn't have your own studio no never I remember oh my favorite was um so my guitar teacher who actually he was my guitar teacher when I was 12 when I was younger um when we were living in New York he started you know giving me lessons uh a little bit then uh when I was in my early 20s and then on Sundays it was the only day that his studio his rehearsal space that he would teach out of um, he didn't use it, it was on Sundays and he said I could use it on Sundays whenever I wanted to but it was in one of those buildings where it was like only for business and on Sundays they were closed so I could still get into the building but they didn't use the AC or heat or anything like that and the bathrooms were closed and so I would go on Sundays like use the bathroom at Subway <laughs> and then the winter I would just come in like my parka and play guitar or like in the summer I would go and it was like scalding hot but I did that every Sunday for, like, three years. And I wrote some of my favorite songs, like, literally frozen in that studio And So a couple winter. of those songs that came out of that are? Yeah, like, I remember my song Heroin, which is, like, one of my first songs uh, from my first EP. I wrote that on a Sunday there. And I, I remember I asked one of my friends to come over. Um, I was like, hey, I wrote this song, like, come by. And he was, like, really high. <laughs> and I remember... He was crying after he heard the song, and he was like, "I'm really high, but this is a great song." And I was like, "I think this is a good, this, this is good sign. It's yeah. a good sign." Um, <laughs> one so those critic. were, yeah, those were the years. And then um, when I was 23, I moved back to LA, and very shortly after that, is uh, one of my songs that I wrote about Standing Rock, um, kind of like went a little bit viral on Facebook. And that's when I started really building an audience. And from then, that was in 2016, I was able to be a full-time musician. So that's been, ever since then, I've been full-time. And, um, I mean, you know, (laughs) full-time is kind of like a. So let's
0: talk (laughs) about Standing Rock. Since that was
6: when you kind of gained some attention. What was the
0: inspiration? What brought you to, were you at Standing Rock or?
6: Yeah, so I I actually
0: wrote the song
6: before I had traveled to Standing Rock. And, I, and talk about for those who might not know what the Standing oh, yeah. Rock movement was. Oh um, yeah. So the Standing Rock movement um, happened in late 2016, and um, there was a uh, a pipeline that was being built in Bismarck, North Dakota, which is the you know bigger bigger city in in North Dakota, and the city folks were like, we don't want a pipeline coming through our city. We don't want our children exposed to these toxins. What if it leaks into our water sources? Um, please, like, get this pipeline out. And so what do they do? Um, they move the pipeline to indigenous lands um, very, right right next to the Standing Rock um, Sioux Indian Reservation. And to me, it was just such a blatant example of environmental racism. Um, and it was just so hard to look away. Um, and so I come from a very diverse background. My, my dad is of indigenous, um, Akima Otham, Native American descent, and also he's Mexican. Um, and a Californian, and my mom is an immigrant from Japan, who's also Taiwanese. And um, my in, my relationship to my indigeneity has always been very separate from my day to day life. Growing up in New York City, um, you know, we had a community of indigenous people that I grew up with at this place called the American Indian Community House, um, which really was just like a bunch of city kids who knew they were indigenous, knew they were Native American, and we were educated there by the teachers but it's like an after school program Mm -hmm. and um that's all I really was able to connect to who I was um in that way as I got older you know I've always I've always had friends of of various nations across the country um and as an adult have reconnected more and more um with the the folks in the tribe that my uh great-grandmother was from at uh once Standing Rock happened it I kind of realized that um, there was, and at that time it was also the election was happening and there was a lot more bubbling to the surface of the racism that we experience on a day-to-day basis. And, and I kind of like went through a whole reclamation of my own identity, like kind of parallel to Standing Rock. So many people starting to stand up for the environment. And I think for me, uh, kind of having an awakening as an environmentalist, as an activist, as an artist really was parallel to me just accepting myself as a woman of color and a mixed race human being, as an indigenous person, and that started me on like a whole new path of education of myself, of songwriting in a way that was starting conversations, and that Standing Rock song was the first song I wrote that I guess was considered a quote-unquote protest song. Mm And it got a lot of attention and I realized, I realized in that moment that songwriters um, and music has so much more power than I had noticed before. And I wanted to be a part of that power and I want to harness it in a way that I think is helpful. And- um, Like cause-based and not just feelings-based. Yes, yes. I feel like I was getting really sick of writing songs that were so (laughs) feelings-based. I want to write I, I don't know, like for me, like I'm a doer, I'm like an action-oriented person, I'm a mission-oriented person. If I don't feel like something has a greater purpose beyond myself, it just doesn't really inspire me anymore, and that's, I think that I was really lacking inspiration as a songwriter until I realized I could put all of these things together, The thi- you know, the things that got my blood boiling, I don't need to, you know, and the activist nature that I've always been a part of me. Can be a part of my music it doesn't have to exist separately and um and your whole energy when you start talking about this yeah
4: changes
0: yeah it's almost it's almost like you went into your body and mm-hmm. started speaking from this core space <laughs> yeah. do you feel
6: that shift absolutely i think that's that's um you know that's why i make music and that's why uh it's brought me my music has brought me closer to who i am you know and uh I think that uh, as a person of color, I think there is a, a lot of your life is spent trying to assimilate, trying to tone down parts of yourself, trying to be well behaved, trying to be something that you're not. And through my music, I think I've been able to accept myself for who I am and I've been able to be a little bit more connected. Like you say it, like you're saying, and, um, and yeah, yeah so it's, that's visceral. Kinda, uh, it's yeah. visceral how you shift. So, yeah. So Standing Rock, you went. Actually, went out to Standing Rock. Yeah, I spent went some time? I went there um, in December of 2016. I wrote the song around uh, September of 2016.
0: Yeah. And then, what has been inspiring your current music? What,
6: what is where are you drawing that inspiration? Well, in 2020, I released an album called "Woman in Color," and um, the album was really. A collection of stories about different feminine energies in my life, really. And so, the first song is about my mom and her immigration story. I have um, songs about my upbringing. I have songs about, um, I mean, my, you know, just it's kind of about mother nature, about my grandparents, about my ancestry, and. yeah it's really kind of it's kind of for me it's like a tapestry of my experience as a person of color a woman of color and um and I've been writing a lot of new music um recently uh, after woman in color and a lot of it's about spiritual enlightenment and finding more lightness in life I think that for me I felt like a a, not like a duty but like there's a lot of heaviness in my life for a few years. Feeling like I was on a mission to, to do something with my work and to make to change minds, mm-hmm. and to open minds and to, um, to be to, to be a part of a shift, and I was really pushing. It was really heavy. It was moving forwards, and mm-hmm. and I think that was that phase served its purpose. It was what it was. Um, But then um, after that, um, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I started suffering from really horrible, um, like burnout. And I started getting really bad vertigo and migraines. And like your body said, you need to stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And all kinds of pains all over my body. But nothing was wrong with me at all. It was just my body's stress reaction. And I realized um, I was chronically stressed. I was taking on too much. I was a workaholic. Um, it was just too much, and I'm realizing now in this like new phase of my life that um, that lightness and um, simplicity is actually my way of, of, of being able to make better music and more change and be closer to who I am. and um, so it's gonna be my new thing. <laughs> like, I, 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 don't, I don't know, I have like a lot of songs that are about letting go and releasing and and more presence. And um, I think the pandemic taught me a lot of that because um, from 2018 to 2020, I didn't have a residence. I was traveling all the time. I was on tour, just like nonstop. And that was great, it served me, but uh, I was running from something. Right. And for two years during the pandemic, I had to face myself, and that was really painful. Um, I couldn't. I. I. I've just never been someone who likes to sit still, Mm -hmm. but actually, I'm realizing that sitting still is like my greatest teacher. So, my new album (laughs) that I'm working on, um, a lot of it's about waking up and sitting still, and, and, um, you know, I think for a while I was really, I. I don't know. I think for a while I was really focused on taking my power back mm-hmm. <laughs> and now i'm like focused on releasing it so what is this next next decade hold for yeah. you do you oh. have some goals <laughs> yes okay absolutely mm-hmm. i want to write a musical in my 30s <laughs> oh interesting a little full circle will your dad
0: be in this musical oh maybe
6: maybe uh right now i'm actually working on a one woman musical because okay. it's a lot easier to put on but that's a great idea um, so I wanna write a musical, write another album. Um, I wanna write my own Encanto, you know. Um, I, I right now I'm writing I write for a children's Netflix animated television show. And so called? called Spirit Rangers. It comes out at the end of the year, so it's not yet out there, but check it out when it comes out. And so I wanna continue writing children's music and um, I wanna own property. <laughs> I, and is this boyfriend in the story? Yeah, no, my boyfriend's great. He's also creative. Um, kind of, yeah, we're just like hoping to, to expand and, and and be able to like create a life that is conducive for both of our creative careers. And I think it's the theme of your generation and the pandemic
0: that this idea is that we're, we're going to have a full life yeah. and not just a one life. And I hear that in yeah. your story as well i could spend another hour <laughs> but you have a sound check and i just i really appreciate yeah. your time station it was really fun and tell me uh tell the listeners an uh, album that they can look forward to or that where they should get started on the reza rosa
6: yeah check out my album that was released in 2020 called woman in color and you can find that on wherever you get music um itunes spotify my website uh, RaySatagosa.com. You can also find me on Patreon, RaySatagosa, R-A-Y-E-Z-A-R-A-G-O-Z-A, or on Instagram. Thanks, everyone. Excellent. Thank you so Thank much, Thank you.
0: And I look forward to getting together again next week to share more stories and more conversations. Thank you for listening and supporting Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX.
1: Sisters sleeping in the bed. Got a fever, but we can't him back. We had this dream, and it's a sign that we've got to stop this pipeline. Ooh. And we walk the bridge in the march I did.